Jdeš prostě, hele. A, hele. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. Start talking a little bit. Testing, one, two, three. We were talking about Jacob. Oh, Jacob. Or as we call him in Fort Worth, Dragon. <laughs> right on. Well, welcome to the Circle of Dads. I'm Ryan. I'm your host. And today joining us is uh, my buddy, Lenny McLaughlin. We met... When was that? Two. Four months ago. Yeah, in uh, San Miguel. Mexico. Where... Uh, my, like I was saying, one of my favorite people, Jacob, was getting married. And, my son. And we finally got to meet and been buddies Wait, ever I've been since. wanting to meet you for, well, Jacob was in Fort Worth. He went to uh, TCU, and he had he had several jobs. Um, he was selling T-shirts, <laughs> Yeah, his own little entrepreneurial adventure there. Keep TCU horny or uh, uh, something like that. Uh, what was it? Horny, horny toad? Horny for life. Horny or? for life. That's what it was. Yeah. So, and I, I forgot why. How did he come? How did he find you? Uh, well, we met in CrossFit gym, and then, you know, he just, wanted to get big. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not a big guy. No, he's not. He's an insanely fit guy. Yeah. I mean, he's just a beautiful he's man. Yeah. He's just freaking ripped. He's amazing. Yeah. But he's. I mean, how much does he weigh? Oh, probably 160. Yeah, 165 maybe. And he's he's maybe less. And he's 5'10, 5'11, 5'10, 5'10 and a half. Uh Yeah. So that's a lot of weight to put on. Like when I met Marty, I was 175 pounds and I'm 205 now. Oh my gosh. But I think I was too thin back then for my frame. Right. You know, I mean, right. cigarettes and gas station burritos and working all the time, <laughs> that'll do that. You know, and then and then Marty and I started dating, and I wasn't even really going to the gym or anything, but she was. Uh-huh. And I couldn't let her go alone after that. I had to go with her. Plus, <laughs> I mean, we got to hang out, and I got to see her working out. And so I was like, well, shit, well, I'll start working out too. Yeah. But he's a, I mean, he's a physical specimen. Yeah, he's, um, the things he does, you know, rock climbing and uh, slack climbing. And, I mean, I don't, who knows? He went to... Uh, a few months ago, he went to Tahoe for a bachelor party. Sure. And wasn't used to the elevation, hadn't really ridden a bike in a long time. <laughs> and a bunch of them went on a bike ride straight up a mountain. And, I mean, he was, of course, first. And, I mean, not out of breath. It, it's unbelievable. He's just got a set of lungs and a good body. Yeah. The, the slacklining thing is, is just has always amazed me. Me too. Because he moved to, uh, like, he was really into CrossFit. Yeah. And he was, and I don't think he was doing any of that. Like, he wasn't rock climbing or anything when he was in Fort Worth. I don't believe. I don't remember him doing that. I think he would go mountain biking with us, and he'd do CrossFit. And he was doing Krav Maga for a little while and just kind of trying to find. And plus, he was a broke college kid, you know. Yeah. And and then he moves to Austin, and I start seeing him doing this slacklining shit. And I'm like, what is that? And then... Well, he actually started slacklining in um, Fort Worth. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, not Cody. One, one of um, y'all's friends 
bought him a slack line or bought a slack line and told Jacob, go do it. And Jacob did it and fell in love. Was great at it. So, well, I, I want to know, am I the oldest dad that's been here on your show? How old are you? 60. Um, yes. Oh, boy. I, I didn't even get you anything for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I could get you a card. Or <laughs> a car? <laughs> card. <laughs> or a gift card to something. Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I think, uh, let me see, Darren is, uh, Darren just turned 50, I think. Yeah. And uh, um, I can't think of anybody else that would be older, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I don't want to hear about all the gold stars and how you're super dad. We know you're no, super no, dad. No, no, no. I could tell by your kids how you're super dad. <laughs> I want to hear about how you showed your ass. I hate bragging on myself. I can't. I, that's not one of my fun things to do. I love talking about my kids. Yeah. But last night, just so people will know what we're talking about, we went to dinner here in Austin. Y'all came in from Fort Worth. And a group of us that were um, in San Miguel, Mexico, um, to get the Austin group all got together with Marty and Ryan and at, at Fonda San Miguel. If you're ever in Austin, go to Fonda San Miguel. It's really, it's kind of like uh, San Miguel, Mexico. It was close. So it was a good memory. Without good. all the masks. Yeah. Like the place we were saying. You know, I bought a mask and took it back with me. No. Yeah, I got one of the masks from Carnival. And, you know, he had a whole kind of, I guess that was his clearance rack yeah. of, of masks. Now, <laughs> what did he have? What was the guy's name? Um... Uh, um, Heidi and Bill, and he curated the largest private collection of of uh, indigenous, indigenous uh, masks. Yeah, from Mexico, and this place that we stayed at, um, it was a, a Airbnb. Well, it, it, it's just a, it's like a bed and breakfast. It's seven or eight rooms in this huge hacienda. It's just gorgeous, and. Uh, Marty and Ryan stayed with us there, and it was just it was just wonderful. They had such a good time. It was awesome. You know, Marty and I were, were laughing about it, not or just talking about it because we were like there was all the the parents, yeah, right, the adults. I'm using air all quotes. of us, yeah, and and then there's Jacob and all his crew, and yeah. <clears throat> so he's tw- how old is he now? He's 28. Okay, so it was all like around that age yeah. and then you got marty and i right there in the middle so of course we stayed at the adult table <laughs> and we're glad you did we had such a good time oh it was y'all. awesome yeah we were so happy to be able to meet you we, spend we that had time. some uh went to some good restaurants and we just had a good time i love the architecture down there i, I mean too in the art and the the i mean it, it was impressive and surprising at the um gap between different pieces of art and furniture as far as cost oh yeah i mean it like you'd be looking at one thing and it was twenty five hundred dollars and it's like okay wow and then you look at the next thing and it was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars like is that pesos yeah it's got to be pesos no it was u.s no i didn't see anything that that expensive yeah there was uh one painting in particular down in the textile district so at the market you go on down the hill no, not like down in the flea, not like down in the bazaar, but like down in that textile. The, oh, okay. Then the, the um, what would you call that? It was the old textile mill that they turned into like an art commune. Or I didn't go there. That was pretty cool. I didn't go there. I, I heard about it, but I didn't go there. Yeah, it was a different price point for sure than the bazaar. 
Well, there's so many beautiful things to do there and so much fun. And the people are nice. The food is great. Um, we, I don't, well, a couple of us got, I didn't get sick, but a couple of in our group got a little sick. Uh, but I think they drank some of the water. Yeah, the girls. Uh, the girls. That's what I always thought. It was those, the girls. Those that got damn sick. women. Yeah. I'm just, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, they all, I don't see, and like even Marty got sick. She did? Yeah, she got sick. Uh, <clears throat> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. When we came home, she was sick for That's right. a good while. Kim, Kim was sick too. But they were down for the count. Like yeah. it, it knocked them out for a couple of, for like Kim a day. Kim was down for a couple of days and I went off exploring. Yeah. Had a good time. Baby, you just, there's a bucket. <laughs> Here's a wet towel. <laughs> Call me if you need me. And I mean, that was a cool town. Uh, the architecture is what I loved. I did too. Oh, I mean, there's so, <clears throat> the, the boutique restaurants, the boutique hotels with restaurants, the, the cathedrals, uh, I mean, the landscape, it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. I just realized you were, the shirt you were wearing last night, you bought that in San Miguel, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. And I wore this shirt a couple of times in San Miguel and I'm wearing it in honor for, for you today. Excellent. <laughs> I appreciate that. One thing that I noticed, uh, at, at the, the wedding in particular, the whole event uh-huh. was, you know, Marty and I both, uh, had commented on this several times amongst each other is how amazed we were at the amount of love and kindness and ease at which everybody navigated within the group. And it was just, it was so warming and loving, you know, there was no issues, no drama that we noticed. Well, there was some, but it wasn't at our place. Oh, it was at other, some, some other, but it was, it was minor. Sure. In comparison, there's always issues, but you know we're I'm I'm from Southeast Texas, and so's Kim, and you know the weddings that we're used to grow, going to, or there's always a, a fight in the parking lot or on the dance floor. It's just not a fight until somebody breaks a beer bottle over somebody's sure. head. You know, then it's christened. The, yeah, the, the, the wedding is proper. It's, it's, that's a proper wedding, but it, that was nothing like that. What we did in in uh, in Mexico, I mean, it was. Um, I mean, you know, we've lived for a while. We've we've got some good good friends, and we've raised our children together with these friends. And um, you know, after you've been alive for a while, you you um, live through some issues. And um, so, these people that were there, many of them, including our family, have have experienced and gone through some of these issues with us, and it's just made us all closer and. But the what made the wedding, I think, with Jacob and Chelsea so special is their relationship, the relationship that they have. It's really tight. Yeah, they're uh, both beautiful people. They're they're absolutely beautiful. People love to be around them. I mean, they're you know, you know how, how you're drawn to light. <laughs> they are they are very bright and beautiful, shining stars. And um, you know, it, it's just. Uh, Everybody is happy for them. And you can still see it, you know, last night, just watching them. It's just fun to talk to them and be around them. Yeah. Uh, you know, when Marty and I first got married, um, it, I, don't, I don't remember ever feeling the transition between husband or, you know, like being 
engaged to being a husband. Like it always kind of, we just, because we lived together beforehand. And that's, a, that's, a, that's an issue that I have that a lot of people in my generation have with um, y'all's younger generation living together before you get married. And I mean, Kim and I, you know, spent a lot of time together. Um, and we would spend long weekends together before we got married, but there was a, a distinct separation, a delineation line, um, and a separation before the marriage. There was this anticipation and <clears throat> a lot of, I mean, my children want to, you know, I'm, uh, or did live together or now my youngest probably wants to live with her boyfriend and um, a lot of my nieces and nephews, you know, are living uh, with some with a, a, a girl or a boy, and um, they will eventually get married. And they're they're missing. There's something big that they're missing. And it, I, I I can't really explain it other than um, if on the wedding night. And even the time after you're married, that very first year, you grow a real appreciation for that separation. I, I don't, I don't know what it. I don't, I, I can't explain it very well. But it's something that y'all's generation has, or many in y'all's generation, has just set aside. Now, and, and you're not talking like you're, you're not talking about like abstinence. You just no, I'm not talking about abstinence. You're just talking about the fact of just cohabitation, right? Like like the, the having space apart, yep, and then deciding and going through the act, the union of being together, right, and then forfeiting that space apart and bringing it together, exactly. And so that that leap across that or that transition, you say that we're missing out on. I think so. I really do. Um, it, it's. It's a social norm now that you guys, um, it's an accepted social norm where guys and girls just live together. Mm -hmm. And um, I I wish it wasn't that way. I think it would be make a marriage stronger in the long run. Something to look forward to. Too easy to get in and out of. Yeah, too easy to get in and out of. Something to remember. You know, I look back on those days when Kim and I were separated because we had a long distance relationship for four years okay. and before we got married and the anticipation of wanting each other and, and missing each other. It was just, um, it was intense and it was, it was such a relief to be together and married and know that we were going to be together forever once we got married. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. I could definitely appreciate how the absence makes the heart grow fonder. And then also, you know, what, why even get married? If you're getting the, if you're, if you're already in that situation, why even make that commitment? And that's a lot of problems I see, or I could see how people would have a problem with commitment because they don't need to make it. They're getting everything for free. Yeah. And, and and breaking up is too easy, you know? And why, why would you, buy property with someone that you're not married to. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have just good intentions. Like they, 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 they think it'll be fine. No, it's not fine. It's never fine. It's never fine. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, a lot of things are easier now than they used to be. It's, it's, I mean, to be honest, it's so easy to get laid now. 
I mean, they have apps that you just find the one that works and then y'all go meet. I cannot imagine having the technology that you guys have when I was in, when I was 13, 14 or 15. If I had an iPhone, I say this all the time. If I had an iPhone when I was a kid, I'd have never came out of the bathroom. Never. I mean, our water bill would have been like eight grand a month. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I had to really, you had to work for porn or, or, or to look, I mean, you find a Sears catalog or something like back in the day, go over to uh, somebody's house to see a magazine, you know, or go down to a a Creek where people would throw them and stash them under the bridge. Yes, Well, we found some under the bridge and those things were like treasure. Oh, I know. You didn't take it away from the Creek. I know. You don't mess with it. You don't take it home. It's just there. It's safe. (laughs) So everybody can come look at like a library, (laughs) but they, I mean, there's, there's none of that now. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, you, see, people could turn their nose up at that, but that's part of <clears throat> that's part of the like that transition, like of exploring manhood and and, and sexuality and 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 just how it all <clears throat> comes about. Like, I appreciate. I I remember like being a young boy thinking I can't wait till I get married uh, and I can have sex anytime I want. <laughs> I get to see a naked woman anytime, anytime I want. And then, you know, now it's, I get to see a naked woman anytime, anytime I want. And, and I really like looking at her, you know, I mean, she's You're beautiful. My, she's my queen. My wife is my sexual ideal. She is my perfect sexual mate. Like we're compatible in every way. And, and I appreciate, and I often giggle to myself about that because I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, this is great. But I, I, I don't, I could see how some of that stuff could get lost yeah. in the newer generation. Yeah. And it's so disposable, you know, it's so easily replaced and why work towards anything? Why build your game? Why work on your personality? Why worry about having a, you know, a good job of a nice car being in shape. If you can just swipe an app and, and just, it's delivered like, you know, pizza. Well, and think what that does to um, um, the way, to like what how a girl thinks growing up, or a boy. Sure. Even I mean, we're e- either one, boy or girl. But I mean, a girl is probably thinking, well, how do I look like that? What do this is what I have to do to, in order to. Um, get a guy to like me. Absolutely. This this is the accepted norm. And it's just, it's wrong. Well, I mean, it puts the emphasis on the wrong characteristics. Um, The one thing I tried, like I was trying to explain it last night with my daughter. She really wants to like dress sexy and wear a crop top and you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And the, the girls, you know, Chelsea and Maddie were like, well, the more you're, the stricter you are about that, the more likely she's going to rebel. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about me trying to be strict. Like, no, you can't do that because you know, you'll go to hell or whatever. That's not how good girls dress. It's, it's, I was trying to explain to Abby and this might've been lost on a 13 year old, but you know, when you can bring something to the table other than just your body, Mm -hmm. when you've developed into that type of be the type of person that doesn't have to dress like that. That's a good message. And then, when you're that person, you'll be able to decide if you want to dress like that. Yeah, you know what? I think that message is one that you need. It just needs to be repeated over and over and over. It's not a one-time 
conversation. You got to keep it up. And we were talking about values last night. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that. You know, um, I'm always thinking about that. And how do you articulate? Because it's so hard to. What we were talking about, so people will know, is we were talking. I've been thinking a lot about. Um, um, I've been looking back uh, about my daughter, how I raised my daughter and my son, but um, teaching them values and what their value is, what their worth is, what their worth is to themselves, to their mom and dad, to their friends, their value to um, other men, other boys, um, what their value will be to a husband someday, um, and how to teach uh, our children, what, what their value is. That's a hard thing to do. It's, it's hard to put into words and explain. And, and I think, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I said this last night, but I think that because of the way that you are, the, the type of man you are, clearly you're very concerned and interested in, you know, bettering yourself and therefore bettering your child. You wouldn't be doing this radio show if you weren't, right? And she sees that. So you're living living by example. And I think, you know, children probably see that words really don't matter as much as actions. Actions, you know, a, a man or a woman is really judged by their actions. Yeah. Not and there's somewhat this this generation likes to judge by words, but that's the wrong rule. That's the wrong ruler to judge by. Actions is what's uh, the rule, the right rule. It's a lot easier to misspeak than it is to completely misbehave, and it's more fun to misspeak. Oh yeah, I do it all the time. <clears throat> I used to think, "Fuck you, I'm not going to pander to you." You know, this is how I am. This is how I articulate myself. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes from my heart, my head to my mouth. This is, this is how you're getting me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've begun and come to realize that that's not the best way to go about it. Well, I used to, um, intentionally use really rough language and offensive language and, and I still do. But not as much, and, and, and I do it in front of my children in particular. I mean, I would take freedom of speech to its extreme. And if anybody said anything, I would automatically try it like, well, um, why are you trying to control my speech? What authority do you have to control my speech or anyone's speech for that matter? I mean, that, you know, I'd go sure. down that path, which was so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know you've just got an arsenal of things ready to use. You just path. like pound them. But, I, I do the, so like with Abby, I speak pretty freely with her. Right. Um, I don't cuss at her. And like, I don't cuss her. You know, right. like, I, never. Um, but I cuss around her. Right. I'll use that to uh, emphasize passion or, right. or, or anger to make a point. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I never want, I know that I can be intense and I can be loud and I don't want her to be scared of men like me, right. but I also don't want her to be scared of language. We're, tell, yeah. we're, we're becoming weaker and weaker in the sense that we're becoming so delicate that anything anyone says, it just makes you shit your pants. Like you can't, right. you can't operate. Oh, I can't believe you just said that. The echoes are gone. Move on. Like it's, how did it really affect you? How did those words harm you? 
if if you don't believe what they're saying, then just move on. Yeah. You know, I know you can attack people with your speech, but like if I say fuck in front of someone and they get bogged down on the fact that I say fuck, what uh, what's the point? Yeah, why do you even talk to them? I said it. Can we move on? I, but see, I don't think you know. I, I don't think cuss words are that big of a deal. I think it's more the words like um, the symbol okay. Have you heard about this now? The, this symbol okay apparently on um, um, social media is consi- someone is, is trying to create the, or say that it's racist. The, 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 the okay symbol. This is an international symbol of okay. The circle People, and three. And three fingers up. That this is, the divers use this signal as an indication that everything's okay. Race, I mean, th- this is a historical. Racist divers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You got it. Yeah. Uh, I mean. So it's, it's, now this is a racist thing. That's right. But see, if, if the, one, the elites, the one that, who are so-called in, in control, if they can control speech, then they can control a lot. They can control our lives and they can control us. And it's a fight. Everything's a fight, you know? And even if you don't want it to be a fight, it's still a fight to protect our speech, protect all, whatever, what rights we do have. People want to take them away. It's just, it's, this is such an interesting time to live in. And it's hard. I mean, it gets my blood pressure up. Uh-huh. When it shouldn't be up, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it, it's very exciting and it's very fun and it's like I said, it's a great time to be alive. It's historic. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting shit happening. It's super interesting. It's hard to not get down in the weeds about everything and just completely lose your mind. I know it. As you, I know you're fully aware. I know. As we were talking about last night, just different wormholes you can go down or rabbit holes. And I know it's like Jacob was tapping out pretty quick. He's like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Yeah, don't get my dad started. Don't shut up. Don't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was really impressed. You know, he stayed in while we were talking about it. He listened. He actually, uh, I was surprised he actually had an opinion about some of the things I was saying, which, you know, impressed me. <clears throat> and he had, um, and you know, it's, it's interesting and I'm going to call him out on this, but like, uh, I was, as, as soon as y'all started talking about it, and we won't go into what it was because we've only got so much, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so much, much room, but, um, you know, he was showing his differing opinion and, and how he didn't agree. Yeah. And other than crossing his arms, yeah, which, you know, it's just regular body language. So Jacob watch when you do that Yeah, and closing off. I mean, he, he just presented himself respectfully and yes, he did. and and uh uh not over dominant not trying to like you know get all puffy chested but he was firm and said what he said and listened to what you had to say and then y'all just kind of laughed it off yeah and it was like it was really interesting to watch i'll tell i'll tell a story on jacob right now the first time uh when jacob was a little boy the first time that he ever um, stood up against me. Um, he, it was something, but we, it was an argument we were having and he stood his ground and it, it took a lot out. of It was very hard for him to stand against his dad and tell his dad no about something. I forget, I can't even remember what it was, but he was probably eight or 10, something like that. And we were having a 
serious discussion and he was like no I'm not going to do that this is not this is not going to be the way that it happens for me and I sat there for the longest time and I thought about how I needed to handle that how because I mean I could have I mean it could have crushed him what you know whatever if I if I handled it incorrectly with imminent domain with imminent domain and yeah and it could have caused um a hatred in him uh, about that issue, you know, towards me, and that's not what I wanted. And so you have to be careful with your children. Is what the point that I'm trying to make here is? You got to be very careful with your children. Uh, they're not going to crack like an egg, but it takes thought. Well, and like you, you know, even something as innocuous as that, uh, uh, or seemingly, you know, that may have changed things to how he navigates through the world. And that conversation y'all had last night would have been completely different. It would have been. And he just maybe ducked his head and been like, okay, dad, it would have been, but I could see that, you know, it's even now with my, my dad's in his, you met my dad in Mexico. My dad is in, he just turned 86 and I'm 60 and there's still that thing, you know, where it's hard to, um, talk sometimes to, to my dad. But, you know, I love my dad and I respect him and, um, I try to follow the, I'm a, I'm a follower of, uh, the Bible. I, I, that is my foundation, the Bible. That's what I base everything on. And I look at all these things that are going on the, uh, in the world and I look back and I go over, well, where did the Bible say this is going to happen? And I can find it. And, <clears throat> Everything that's going on now has been alluded to or discussed in the, in the Bible. So I know where to find it. And so one of the commandments is honor your, your mother and father. And that's, a lot of people take that to extreme and some people ignore it completely. And to an extreme would be if your father asks you to go get a glass of water, you just, you go get it. Let's say you go get it. He comes back. He's asleep. You'd stand there and hold his water and wait till he wakes. I mean, that would be the extreme. Well, of course I don't take that extreme and very few people do, but, um, I try to be as respectful to my parents as I can. And I know that my son and my daughter do the same thing. And, it it takes a lot of work to to help someone understand why it's important to be respectful to your parents and what the foundational principles are. Um, so I, f- I forget, went off on a tangent. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I'm talking about standing up to your dad. Yeah, standing up to my dad. <clears throat> so and he's a charming guy. Let me tell you what you talk about a <laughs> articulate masterful arguer debater he is someone that i never ever enjoyed debating with what what's his what was his profession my dad man of leisure no 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 my dad um got his first real job at lamar university okay and he worked there for 30 plus years retired from there and he ended up being the chancellor of the entire lamar lamar university system so um, he's an educator and, you know, he, he's a public speaker, you know, he's uh, a slick old dude. Well, well-educated guy. Yeah. Very slick. He, he, he fit right in there. Yeah. He, he and your mom both. It was, 
Yeah. It was, they're adorable. They, I can't tell you how many times they told me how much they enjoyed talking to you and Marty. Yeah, they really enjoyed talking with you guys. They were sweet. I liked, I liked how much, um, I liked how much enthusiasm he had for her cases. Oh yeah. That, just that kind of support. You know, I mean, like, she does it right, or do they? My do it mom, together? they do it together. My mom uh, invented these lipstick cases. They're uh, jewel encrusted, beautiful and, things. Yeah, mom. My mom's been in the fashion industry for many, many years, and so these cases, you just pull the lipstick case out, throw the old one away, and put a brand new one in. So you've got this beautiful lipstick case that you know you take around. Savorsky crystals. Savorsky crystals, that kind of thing. Yeah. We were talking about Jacob standing up to you. Yeah. And how you navigated through that. Yeah, and it was, you know, it, you could tell it really, it shook him up to have to do that. But every child has to do that eventually. Um, and we talked last night about every everyone has a daddy issue. Yeah. And most people probably have a God issue. They're, you know, angry or love God, one of the two. Or religion. Religion, Well, that's completely different. I'm I'm not talking about religion. Uh, I'm I'm definitely not talking about religion. But I'm talking about, you know, I kind of put that in my head. I put that in the God issue in a daddy category. If you're angry at your dad, you're probably going to be angry at God. Kind of that abandonment. Yeah, that kind of thing. Why have you forsaken me? Yeah, that kind of thing. Um. But like, like I said, everybody's got a daddy issue, and everybody's daddy issue is different. And, um, you know, I've, I've tried to be, and I'm like I'm sure you have too, I've tried to be as thoughtful. Um, and I, haven't ever, I haven't always succeeded, but I've tried to be as thoughtful as I could yeah. uh, of a father. And even today, it's important. I can't tell you, even for me, being 60, to know that, I have a dad that I can go to and talk to. It's it's important to have a dad um, that you can communicate with. And I know you told me that you don't. And it's hard. And I, I, I feel for, but, you know, I feel for those that don't have a dad, but I'm guessing probably you have someone that has been a father figure to you. Oh yeah, there's you know, and us a number of people, and that's I, good, you know. But but at the same time, I, you depending on how that father hunger manifests or whatever it is, you know, you seek that out. So yeah. then, so then you start, um, you know, whether if it's a young boy and he seeks it out from maybe an older kid mm-hmm. who happens to be in a gang, right? You know, I mean, that's a fucking cliche. But yeah, they're, they're called cliches because they're true. It's true. That's yeah. exactly right. You know, and so that he le- he's led down that path or, um, you know, maybe it's a football coach. Like the, um, I had a, another guy in here named Jeremy Teal. He, he started CrossFit central here in Austin and oh, uh, you told me about him. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was talking about a football coach that he had uh-huh. and how impactful that guy was. And it was a high school football coach. And, and part of he it wasn't just lift weights and, and watch games. It was like leadership books and, and, different things like that. And so it set him on that path and, and how important he was, you know, cause his dad was a farmer. So he learned worth work ethic from his dad. That's awesome. And then he learned, you know, this particular set of skills, leadership skills and how important they were. Um, 
to be implemented from his football coach. Um, I, his name escapes me. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 depending on who you find, I've had guys that were not a good influence on me. But, you know, I was impressionable and young and yeah. seeking that approval. And they probably had some ulterior motives. Oh, sure. And yeah. then and then I've had I've had men that had nothing but good intentions for me. But I was so guarded and jaded and angry that uh, it was lost on me. And, and were it, they patient? Most of them. That's and, awesome. And then I've got You're very lucky. Yeah, I am. I, I've been I've had um I've had a, a father show up in many different forms. That's you know? great. You know, like uh, um, uh, in recovery, my sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been my sponsor. I won't say his name, but um, um, he's been my sponsor for f- probably nine years now. Wow. And he's looking at us. You would think we're so different. I mean, just completely different. We don't look anything alike, uh-huh. but I mean, we're fucking wired exactly the same. Really? He gets me. I can call him and within two seconds, he knows what's up, you know, and, and I can hide it and like, no, I'm good, man. Everything's fine. And just kind of sit in my Is shit. he an alpha male guy? Uh, no, no. I mean, he's not like a, I mean, he's not a, a weak man or anything like that. I right. mean, he's just, he's just not a very, he's an older gentleman. Right. Older Italian guy. Right. So he's just, I think those days of swinging his dick around are long behind him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but believe me, he's thinking about it. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 He's a, he's a brilliant guy. Um, he's, he's just, uh, he's an interesting dude. Cause this man, um, also has, uh, been like a father to Marty. Huh? You know, it's um. Wait, so did he know Marty because you introduced Marty to him? Oh uh, yeah, just through the okay, just through the. I didn't know if you meant that he knew Marty. No, 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 before. No, no he just through me. He met her. Okay, and then um, you know, he's been there through the whole relationship, so he's walked me through the whole relationship. That's awesome. Everything because I didn't even know how to be in a relationship till I was with Marty. The rest of the women I was ever with, we would just drink together, and then I, one of us would take the other one hostage for six to nine months until it fucking blew up. <laughs> <laughs> and then it usually ended up with me leaving with my shit, what, le- what was left of it, you know? Um, and so Marty was really the first healthy, courted relationship, you know, where I went and picked her up and I, um, didn't try to move in with her the first date and all these things. I mean, it t- we went slow. It was, it was a trip. Um, she's been, so he's been there through that whole experiment and she's got her own issues with her dad cause right. he, cause he's, he's got his things. Right. And so, you know, um, my sponsor, um, has been there for Marty as like a father-in-law mm-hmm. and a father, you know, the day before we got married, uh, she said she was out running errands, and the next day I find out that, that he went and picked her up and took her shopping, uh-huh. you know, shopping for new boots, which is a very fatherly thing to do. Sure. And uh, I'll never forget that. You know, I mean, even now thinking about that, a wave of emotion comes over because of, you know, how grateful I am for Sure. Him. But so I've had men like that, you know, and I've had men, as I've gotten older, um, you know, you start losing men. Mm-hmm. You start losing friends. Yeah. And, 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 uh, in recovery, you meet a lot of older guys, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you meet a lot of, it's a very diverse group of people that wouldn't normally mix. You know? I've never been around that. It's, it's just, a, it's just, a, it's just a trip, you know? I mean, it's, it's, um, it's just people of all different, it's just, it's a diverse group. It says in the literature, we're a diverse group that wouldn't normally mix. And you, and it, it's such a beautiful thing, you know, but naturally you find people that you're, you know, you're more drawn to. Yeah. And, um, there was this one old guy and Jacob knows him well or knew him well. His name was Cowboy Steve. Okay. And he's a big man. He was probably 65 when I met him, something like that. And, uh, he'd been in the program for a long time mm-hmm. and he was a, he was a, he was a concrete guy, but he's also muscle. So he used to get in trouble with his bookie. And so he'd have to go like break people's arms and shit to get out of trouble with his bookie because they were in trouble with the bookie. So he was a pretty hard nosed dude, like, but a sweetheart. I mean, just a big, I mean, just a big bowl of pudding. Like he was just, everybody loved him. He gave everybody nicknames. He had this big Southern accent. He loved anything and everything about sports. Um, and he was like a big brother to me. You know, I'd call him up all twisted off, like, and he'd be like, young blood, man, I'm going to tell you something, (laughs) you know, and he would just, he'd just start laying it on me and, uh, and he died Oh, and he died, uh, in his sleep, called him one day, his daughter answered the phone and told me what, how did he die? Uh, it's just heart. Yeah. His heart just gave out. Um, you don't live that kind of life and yeah, you know, you're pretty high mileage so to speak. And so, uh, yeah, we got to go to his wake, but we were leaving to Costa Rica the next day and I didn't get to go to his funeral. But uh-huh. man, that dude pops in my head at least once or twice a day. And very, there's never been anyone that I've lost that I can remember that just kind of like, like I hear people talk about it all the time. I wish I could call my dad. Yeah. You know, I just, I reach for the phone to call my dad. And it's, well, you know, I mean like with my, my mom and dad, 86 and 85 and, um, I mean, they're real healthy. They don't look like they're slowing down. They're not slowing down and they're real healthy, very active mentally, physically, everything. I mean, you know, they're, they're involved. They live in Dallas. They've got lots of friends and, um, but you know, this, 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 uh, show doesn't last forever no. <clears throat> and they're not going to be around forever and neither am I, neither are you, but it's going to be um it's going to be very different when they're gone. Very very different. Just the short time that I spent around them, yeah. The world will be dimmer without them in it. Yeah. I, I mean they are bright. Yeah. They were I mean they're a beautiful couple. Socialites for sure. Yeah. They I really lo- are. I loved it. I mean Marty and I just get like a moth to a flame. <laughs> just drawn to them. <laughs> So, um, you haven't always been super dead. You haven't had always oh, the greatest no. relationship with your kids because you've got a great relationship with your kids now. Yeah. Jacob's 28. How old's Maddie? Maddie is 20. Well, she's four years younger. She's 24. And she is just as beautiful and kind and loving and as bright of a light as, as her brother. Well, I'm not, you know, I don't think. You, you said that I didn't have a great relationship with them, but I'm not sure any parent can really always have a great relationship with their child. I didn't mean like a strange, like a... No, no, I know, I know, I know what you meant, but I just, I think that parents don't all, even, I mean, I've had arguments recently with my parents 
we you know like we've or not arguments but major disagreements and trying to be respectful while at the same time um standing my ground for what i know is to be right and true and all that um is a difficult thing and for, to, and to maintain perspective yeah and to maintain perspective because like when when <clears throat> jacob first stood his ground with you he was eight how, yeah. how old were you uh um let's see 32 it was 41 okay yeah so you knew a lot more shit than he knew yeah. and you were pretty damn certain that you did right uh-huh. but he was and, and especially someone like jacob he was pretty certain of himself yeah imagine your parents they're 85 yeah and you're 60 yeah i mean you're just a kid yeah I was, right i mean just it's all perspective you're arguing uphill and yeah. it never works <laughs> that is a good one thank you but i mean like with Abby, I have the same experience and it's, and it's, and it's come off as I'm being too critical. A lot of it is the way I say things and I'm very blunt and, and outside influences and well, Maddie used to think that I was critical of her, but what I was critical of, and I think most dads are critical, not of her, but of, of some of her choices and decisions. Cause you can see the long con. Yeah. I mean, you can see, baby, come on, come on, what, come on, what are you doing? Why are you dressing that way? Yeah, there's so much more of you to offer than that. Yeah, what are you, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to communicate? Or even like with Abby, it's like finish something. Yeah. Finish anything, you yeah. know? And then, um, and it's hard being in a split household, you know? Like her mom and I don't get along. Yeah. We've tried to co-parent. We just aren't at that place right now. Um, what would it take? Is it, well, is it even possible? You know, man, I couldn't even. <sighs> is it even possible? Um, yes, but. Am I asking something that I shouldn't be asking you? I'm, no, I mean, shit, it is what it is. She didn't even listen to the show. Yeah, I got to tell I got to stop you for a second, man. What what you're doing here and and every time I've talked to you, you're so open and it's so refreshing. Thank I, you. And I, I just, I love it. I appreciate What you're doing. It's, it's really, really just awesome thanks man i appreciate that i've uh man i got nothing else to do but to share who i am you know just show oh, your... i'm sure you've got lots else to do well i mean a just, daughter to raise a business to run i got plenty sure but like i mean i don't know any other way than to be transparent yeah because um that's one thing i can't do is i can't lie i'm not yeah. very good at it no me neither. i've been my mom will tell you um uh I've, I've been a terrible liar my whole life because I can't, I can't keep a straight face. Yeah. Um, I'll giggle. Yeah. Now I just, just I'm, I'm not going to, you know, cause I'm 40. I'm not going to sit there giggling like a right. child. I've just, I'm not, because I don't, it's against my moral compass. However, there for a while I would use honesty as a weapon, which is just as harmful. Yeah, well, I've done that a lot. Not, I mean, with my words, it was like a saber I'd bring out. And, and that's just as fucking ugly, you know? God, growing up. Sucks. Righteous indignation. Oh. I mean, it's just like <laughs> awesome. What a tool. What a weapon. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I have arguments with people in my head that I've never even fucking oh, met. Oh, <laughs> and then I'm going to, like, I remember one time. And I, and, and if it is somebody I know, you know, like an ex-wife or something like that, and I'm going through, and that's just how my head works. Sure. I mean, it's part of the, just all of my quirks that I work on. But see, the problem is if you don't work on them, you get stuck in those justified resentments. Yeah. Yeah. 
And one thing I was taught is justified resentments are the dubious luxury of normal men. And I'm not a normal man. I do not need to be spending time in my head thinking about how you fucking wronged me. Right. I need to be thinking about how I can be of service to others. But there is, there is some good stuff that comes out of that cleansing. It, it is cleansing occasionally to go through and, you know, have a battle, a sword fight with whatever, verbal sword fight with somebody in your head, get it over with and then set it aside and move on. Yeah. See that second part, set it aside and move on was yeah. the part I would struggle with. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm going to come at it from a different That's age. an age thing yeah. and experience. And then if she, and because what you're doing is you're giving away free rent in your head. Yeah, you are. You're giving these people space in your head. And so they're winning. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And, it's, and you know, you can say it's not about winning, but it's about fucking winning because yeah. you want to ultimately come out healthy on the other side. And if you don't do these things, then you're going to lose that battle. Yeah. But not too long ago, Marty was in the living room. I don't know. She was like uh, sitting at the dining table doing something, crossword puzzle or something that she does. And I was in the kitchen cleaning up because if she cooks, I clean. And I was doing the dishes and cleaning and I was having an argument in my head. (laughs) Right, and uh, and it was a good one. I was fucking getting it, and I was telling him, I was giving him the what for, and then that that imaginary person in that imaginary situation that's never going to happen said something back to me, and my response was "fuck you, bitch." (laughs) (laughs) But I said that out loud. Oh no! And all I hear is what? (laughs) Oh, none, none, baby. I'm sorry. What's fucked up is she already knew what was going on. Oh, man. She knew that I was having a conversation in my head. And she knew who you were talking to? No, nah, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It depends on what we talked about at dinner. But, yeah, uh, it just it's just crazy shit like that. I have to keep that stuff in check, man, because if I just drift off. Uh-huh. And what it is is it's, um, it's, it's just self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what it is at the core is it's just self-centeredness because you're thinking about yourself. How was I wrong? Okay. How am I going to fix this? How am I going to look better, win the next argument, this, that, right? Instead of if you're spending your time thinking of others, how can I be of service to that person? Right. Or dare <clears throat> I even say, maybe I'll pray for them. Yeah. And then as everybody that listens to this rolls their eyes, you know, like, yeah, whatever, dude. But I'm, <laughs> but like, if you really want to get over a resentment, yeah, do something kind for that person. Yes. Whether they know it or not. Right. And don't say, I did this for you. You know, you, no, no, you, you can't. You just do something kind for them and yeah. see if that doesn't ease that. Because that inside turmoil, that shit that chews at you, man, that's what makes angry, well, miserable and, and, people. And also, I've started analyzing. I'll go, instead of getting in my head and get angry about it, I might say something like, well, I wonder what it was that made them say that. Or where are they coming from? Where are they coming from? Or is it me or is it them? One thing is, what don't I know? Yeah, what don't I know? That's the great. That's the question. Right so, like there. the barista at Starbucks yeah. gives you shit. Yeah, how dare she? Yeah, what is it I don't know? You're a blip. Like you're just. She didn't see you. I mean, like I've been waiting for that asshole. You know, <laughs> there's just something about it, whether it's you or whatever. But what is it in her world? Yeah, that caused that reaction. Because, like you said, we're at conflict. This is not how we're supposed to be as humans. Right. You're supposed to be at conflict when you need to protect yourself. So why are we all so guarded? You know, I mean, it's it's because it's created. 
Yeah. And we're always constantly protecting our beliefs, our ideas, our rights, our belongings, our sense of self, our sense of security, whatever it may be. If you always think some of that's under attack, you're always going to be ready for a fight. Right. Um, there's something that Jeremy was talking about on the podcast before, and he was talking about some work that he's doing to go through just his sense of self and how no matter how much the wind is blowing and no matter what's going on around him, he knows at his core who he is and what he's about. Right. None of that shit matters. And so like a lawsuit comes up and he's like, whatever it is, what it is. I mean, it's not going to end you, you know, you lose a huge real estate deal. Oh, I mean, yeah, that, and you or some money along with it. Yeah. I or mean, a ton of money. Yeah. But it's temporary. Yeah. It's temporary. But the human condition and how we treat each other is super important. So like with, with my ex, you talk about, to circle back to that, you asked, is, is it ever going to be reconcilable? Uh, in a per, we've, 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 we've touched in and out of there. Mm-hmm. And I could say, I could go into my normal line of things that I would say that would basically shift all the blame to her. Or I can do what we should all be doing and look at my part. Right. And not point fingers because it doesn't fucking matter because right. no matter how many fi- matter of fact, the more fingers I point at her are pointing back at you. Yeah. The, and the worse <laughs> it gets. So if I can just focus on myself and what I can do, do the personal inventory of, 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 you know, what did they do? How did it affect me? Mm-hmm. What did it affect? You know, they're okay. They're poop heads and we got it all figured out. Like it's them, 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 them. And this is what they did. And they fucked me. And then the last thing is what was my part? Right. So how did I create, participate in or escalate that situation to where I could have made it better? You know, and then if we're focusing on our part, then it makes things a lot more manageable. It's not easy though. Cause you gotta look at your own shit. That's right. Which is difficult. It's really hard. I don't know how we got off on that worm rabbit hole. I don't know. It was I'm good. One, it was really good. <laughs> let's talk about raising a teenage girl. Whew. Yeah. Let's just jump. Cause now Maddie's cringing <clears throat> as she's listening. Well, yeah, Maddie was, yeah, she's cringing <laughs> to, to think that we're talking about her. Actually, Maddie's uh, quite a bit like I am. Um, she is a very, she's very strong willed. I'm not going to say she's an alpha, but she's pretty strong-willed. <clears throat> and she was not afraid to test boundaries or limits growing up. I'm talking about parental boundaries. Sure, sure. Um, and um, she never did anything just super crazy or stupid. you know. Um, and, of course, we didn't have we – had, she had a flip phone. Yeah. We've, we've been on a customer sprint for years and we did there was no real internet texting was barely getting started when she was you know in, in high school so um did you have to pay per text back then probably i don't even remember like baby could you keep it under 500 yeah, day, yeah. <laughs> i can't even remember um but it, it we didn't have we lived in a place of really good uh neighborhood and went to a great school district and um my wife was a school teacher in that district but not at the schools that she was going to so we knew 
you know, the neighborhood. We knew the children. We knew the parents. We knew the school board members. We knew most of the teachers. I mean, we, we, had, a, we had a good knowledge of, uh, you know, who and what was around our children. So community. Big time. And being a part of however that looks like. Yeah. So if you don't live in Ozzy and Harriet's neighborhood or if you're not in, I mean, if it doesn't sound exactly like where you live or what you have, you can still have that community by being involved in the school. You got to be involved. You have to be involved. You, you got to be involved with um, your teachers, your print. You can't be afraid to go talk to the principal and just talk about core ideas, you know, the vice principal, you know, what their plans are, what's going on. Um, talk about problems that have arisen. What are your plans to fix that problem with little Johnny who's running around naked? You know, I mean, whatever it is. You, sure. Um, you just have to be involved. And if you're not involved, you don't know what your children are doing. Um, and your children are not going to be, they're not going uh, to be looked at by the educators as closely. They're, when an educator walks down the, the, the hall and they see your child, they're going to think of you. And that's what you want them to also think about. I want them seeing my face as a dad going, oh, there goes Lenny. Um, yeah, there's there's his son there's his daughter i want them to remember me and yeah. and um not be f afraid of me or anything like that but i just want them to know that i'm a dad that's involved and i'm not going to put up with any bullshit and they know that yeah <laughs> or they knew it matt when maddie was 13 uh well we we used to make them lunches you know the night before <clears throat> Brown paper sacks. Yeah, we'd buy the ba the brown paper sacks, big stack of them, and so the night before we'd make lunch, and before I opened the paper sack, I would draw pictures on it, you know, and I did that for Maddie from the time she was a little girl up until, you know, her freshman year in high school, and she was like, "Please stop doing that, please." I can't. <laughs> I'm sure her friends would just die and roll, you know. But so I started putting it on the bottom of the bag so that, you know, uh, it, just in case she wanted to hide it. But Very I, thoughtful of you. Yeah. But I'm sure her friends gave her shit about it, but I have a feeling she enjoyed it and still thinks about it. I would draw. I'd do the same thing, but I don't, I'd only have to make one lunch, really, because, uh -huh. you know, Thursday night and Friday morning or, and Sunday night for Monday. Um, but like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, she was always with her mom. Right. During the day. Um and so I'd draw it on a napkin uh -huh. and put it in her. And it was just, it was just, a, it was always a drawing of something. Right. A bug, a heart. You Thank, know. During Thanksgiving, draw a turkey. Yeah. And like know. random stuff, a pickle. Just yeah, whatever. Anything to where anything. she'd look at it and be like, what the hell? Exactly. Um, but I quit doing it because she just, I don't know. Yeah. It's just for whatever reason. Uh, this last year, <laughs> she didn't have it. She didn't, there wasn't a need to take a lunch. Mm -hmm. So. It's it's those things that you do, and it's so easy to get discouraged to not do them anymore. Yeah. But they matter. They matter. There's little things that I've done for Abby that, you know, I would stop doing because you think it goes unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Or they bitch about it, you know, or whatever. And it's like, well, shit, man, I'm just trying to. was more to bitching about it with Maddie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dad, how dare you? Stop it. You're embarrassing. I can't stop loving you. <laughs> how dare you even ask me that? <laughs> Uh, so, 
of all the things you've learned of raising kids and the ups and downs of being an adult and, you know, big failures and big successes and, oh shit, we didn't even talk about the, your, well, I mean, this all kind of comes into the center of, of like, you figure out what's important and what really matters, but you had the opportunity to really figure out what's important. You want to talk about that? Well, I don't, I don't, what are you talking about when you almost fucking died? Oh, <laughs> that little thing, <laughs> that little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess about a year ago, um, I, uh, had helped somebody move and I got a little dehydrated and I didn't eat anything all day. And, uh, we, um, and so I, uh, ended up, I ate a big meal that night. Not a pretty good sized meal, and things just weren't feeling right. And it turned out that I had a uh, an a- aorta dissection. My heart was great. Um, I eventually got to the hospital after a long withdrawn, you know, long drawn out um, episode. But I got to the hospital, and they told me that I had less of fi- than a fifty percent chance to live. So I got to, you know I had to tell my family goodbye. And uh, they thought for sure that I wasn't coming back, but I did. And um, I've been recuperating. I mean, I can only, I can't do what you do in terms of working out, but I work out every day. You're 20 years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to be so jealous. Jacob would, we would go for a walk in our neighborhood. And when he was working out with you, he was able to jump uh, up on from a standing position onto the mailboxes of like, Four and a half, five feet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, anyway. Um, so I've been for the last year just uh, working out uh, every day, eating. I always ate well, very well. Sure. Um, in fact, the doctor told me that my heart was so strong, it's the reason I stayed alive. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm better. And being able to go to uh, Mexico was a big treat. It was a, a blessing. Yeah. And when, I mean, very, there was a very real possibility that I wasn't going to be able to be around at all for any of that stuff, but I'm here. Were you ready? I mean, obviously nobody's ready to die, but were you like your affairs were all your oh shit files and all your affairs and all your everything was, was everybody taken care of? Was all your, I, I would say no, no. Oh, really? I, I would say I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that was, and and I know, but I, I didn't think it would be that soon that I needed to be ready that soon. But we are probably eighty five percent ready now. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I I uh, I have an oh shit file. You do. Yeah, and it's just I mean, shit. I barely can even remember all my passwords and everything. So much less my. Well, actually, my wife can remember them. I'll be like, hey, what's my what's this password and she'll throw off three of them i'm like okay yeah that was the first one thanks right she's just a steel trap i mean that's just but so like it has everything in it um and it's just a list so like do you know how you want to be buried do you know i mean if you died um do you know where you want to be buried and how you want to be buried i think i just want to be uh I don't know. I, we I, we went to a, my my dad's brother recently died, and we went to a, his funeral down in Houston. And um, Kim and I have been spending a lot of time talking about that very thing. And I, it, it's hard. 
I think that I want to be put, I want to be cremated and put in a Yeti cup. It's decorated with my bones and my <laughs> wife has to carry it with her in her cup holder. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> and what does she think about that? I haven't told her yet. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell her tonight at dinner. <laughs> I don't, um, you know, the idea of just being put in the ground. Yeah. Well, the idea of spending all that expense to just be put in the ground, to have somebody come stand over you and talk is, um, is, is, I mean, I get it. It's comforting to people because it gives you a place to go and it gives you somewhere like, you know, that that's where your dad is. Like, I get that. I mean, as I'm saying it now, I could see how that would be comforting. Mm -hmm. You know, your family gets to lie together, but if we're of all of matter and we're of all dirt and we're all breathing in and out the same air of, you know, people across the world or whatever, and, um, then why does it matter? I think that like, I just really would rather just have my ashes spread somewhere beautiful, hmm. but I would want my wife to take me there and experience that, mm-hmm. um, and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would want her to continue living her life in such a way that, um, that everything that we did together was never cut short. Right that it wasn't for nothing that, um, she was better off for it. You know, that, um, I left the world better than I found it. Mm-hmm. I would hope that by that time I had made my mark on my, with my daughter and taught her the things that I thought she should know. Mm-hmm. Um, or hopefully she learned the things that she really did need to know from me. And I didn't even realize that's what I was teaching her. I, I would, I would want it to be, Um, and you know, honestly, it's like we were talking last night about, um, value and love in our wives and the difference between love and sure, sure. And value. But I was thinking about it. Um, God, I I just wouldn't want that girl to be sad. No, I mean, I would want her to be destroyed for a few moments at least like her whole world. She will be, but, but she is so strong and resilient and self-assured and doesn't need anybody that she would just, I mean, the house would be super empty, like, and she would feel that obviously but I, I would want her to just travel and take my ashes and and spread them in beautiful places that she wanted to see mm-hmm. not that i would want to see that she would want to see mm-hmm. i mean it would be super poetic if she met somebody new in that journey Boy, that would be you know i mean i would haunt her for the rest of her days <laughs> but <laughs> i mean it really i mean i would want that for her. i mean that that's the that's the kind of love that i wish for everybody though to love your wife so much that you'd want her to be happy even if it wasn't with you. Yeah. And and that and I mean 10 years ago there's no fucking way I could have said that. You know, we we uh this this past weekend uh one of the teachers that Kim worked with um choked on uh, some food oh. and um it, it took the ambulance a long time to get there. They didn't know what was wrong with her. Um so they've had her on a respirator now for all week, and she's basically brain dead because she they couldn't clear the passage you know quick enough, so she didn't have enough oxygen oxygen to her brain. So they're gonna have to pull um, the plug. And Kim and I have been talking a lot this week about again because you know we just went to my uncle's funeral, but we've been talking more and more, and it's been more and more on our minds, and. Um, I think it's something that everybody just not only needs to think about, but they need to take action. It's a responsibility. It is. 
It is. I don't want to leave. You know, because when I was in the hospital, I mean, we we didn't we didn't expect anything as serious as what they came up with. So basically, an aorta dissection is like the aorta is a main ves- vein vessel that goes from your uh, above your you know your heart all the way down to your growing area. And so, if, like, if you think of a um, one of those long balloons that the guys make, you know, animals out of. Well, it's kind of like a long balloon. And what happened is it expanded and stretched out, but it didn't burst. So like if you blow that balloon up too much, it'll expand out and stretch to the point where it's almost ready to burst. Well, that's what was going on with me, but it didn't burst. And had it, di- had it done that, I would have been dead. Sure. Um, because there would have been no way to fix it. Because it's the main supply. It's the main supply. I mean, it just split all the way up. So they were able to repair um, all the really worst parts of it. And slowly and surely, I'm, I'm getting stronger and stronger. But the point is that <clears throat> I only had a few minutes to think about what I wanted to say to my son and my daughter and my wife before they hauled me off in the operating room. And... You know, it was like, well, do I let emotion take me? No. Um, what, are, what are the parting words do I want to say to my son and my daughter and my wife before I walk out of here? The last words that I say, I had to maintain composure and think about seriously what I wanted to say and my future daughter-in-law. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was tough. It what, was, you want to say what you said? No. Okay. <laughs> And I'm not even sure I remember all of it. That's the thing, but it was really, it was really personal. Oh, I bet. I hope and that was I, tacky I, of me to even no, ask. No, I, but honestly, I I couldn't even. I'm not sure I could even recall what I said. I think it's better that everybody that listens just thinks about what they would say. I think so too, because I think that's really something that that everyone could take from that. And as a as a father and husband. Whew, um, I think that, you know, whatever you can afford in life insurance, life insurance, you need to, to do it. And as a business partner, if you have a business partner, I think that, you know, y'all need to have life insurance on each other so that the other is not, um, I'm talking about business now, separate yeah. family that, you need to have life insurance for your business partner and he for you. You know, with life insurance, it's 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 interesting, you know, because it's like, <clears throat> well, I, I think I could need, oh, that would be plenty to bury me and pay off the house. Right. Yeah, but that's, your family still needs to be living right. a good life. And your kids need cars and right. they need to pay for their cell phones and they need to go on family vacations and there's going to be prom dresses and like the shit adds up. Yeah. Like, like. Pay, get more than what you think you'll need. Right. Or what you think they'll need. Well, or what you think you can afford over a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not cheap. If you're young, it is. It is. Well, man, I think we should wrap this up. Okay. Well, I, I, again, I'm so impressed with what you're doing. Thank I mean, you. it's just, um, you're so open, forthright. I mean, you're just, you're awesome. I appreciate that, Lenny. And I got I'm a lot so, of respect for you, man. Well, and I'm just so happy that Jacob got to, you know, work for you and that y'all have maintained your, you know, friendship and that we're now friends. Yeah. It really means a lot to me. 
Yeah, y'all are super important to us. Well, you are to us. I mean, and, and I'm I'm so grateful for being able to get to know you and, and that we got to spend that time together. And for you coming and taking the time to do this on this beautiful day. Well, it turned out beautiful. It was crazy yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, man, I'm just grateful. I want to do this again. Well, have you ever done it with three people, uh, three, including you? podcast yeah uh no okay i got i got the guy that would be fun who uh a guy out in uh, north carolina is he one of your he we'd have to we'd have to you know yeah yeah call him up but let's do uh, it we can talk i mean on the phone is he one of your buddies he's one of my buddies we can get real deep in the weeds we'll get very very deep you're gonna you're not gonna be able to sleep oh shit (laughs) well and i don't mind doing a podcast on that either you know content's content (laughs) We can talk about being dead. We'll just do a podcast on money. That, now, see, that's something that a lot of guys can benefit from. Because it's easy to start talking about. See, that's the thing is like money. Talking about money from the standpoint of if you've always been a dumbass with money, how do you quit being a dumbass? No, we can talk about money like what is money? Oh, that. that what is currency? I mean, we can just talk about that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. Okay. Let's do it. We'll do it. We'll get MJ on the phone with us. Right on. Well, thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Well, this is Ryan with the Circle of Dads. Um, You do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. Love runs downhill. We chase those kids till the day we die. Thanks for listening.